Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and through the internet deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and I am bringing to you today uh, another message entitled Firebrand, and this is, of course, based off of Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 22. So let's dive into the Word today. Our scripture reading this morning is from Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 21. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya around Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean, they asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens, above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark, and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God for this word. Too often, Christians act as if Pentecost is a season of the past, a period we look back on and reminisce about the time when Christians experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. But friends... The Spirit is ever-present with us, and the Spirit's power never went away. As a young child, I believed in God Almighty. 
I believed in a God through whom miracles worked. In fact, God had worked a miracle through me. When I was three and four, I was in and out of the hospital. At one point, I was in the hospital with pneumonia and a viral infection in my bloodstream. I was unconscious, unconscious, and the doctor told my parents that there was nothing else that could be done except wait and pray. My mom, of course, uh, told my grandmother and others the news, or told her grandmother, I should say, my great-grandmother, and others the news, who then went to my pastor at the time, my great-grandmother did, and asked him for prayer. And that Sunday, my, uh, my church gathered in a circle around the sanctuary and prayed for me. In that very same hour that church was taking place, I sat up and proclaimed, Jesus healed me. Three or four years old. There are other examples where I experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. But as I got older, I noticed that most adults didn't really seem to believe the Holy Spirit was with them, was within them. Or if they did, they had a funny way of showing it. The truth be told, the de-emphasis of the Holy Spirit uh, I saw in adult behavior led me to de-emphasize it too. Right? When we're kids, we model ourselves after the adults who we look up to. My mom and dad, thankfully were two adults who consistently sought out the Holy Spirit. And their example eventually stuck with me and called me back to to the faith. Still, when I left Christianity and practiced Wicca, I was searching for a religion where such presence and power were real. Of course, that presence and power of the Holy Spirit is alive within Christianity. However, that was a reality that I needed to slowly come to on my own. And friends, if I'm going to be honest, where in us, where in us do our children and other generations who have yet to come up into, into the Christian fold, how... How many of them see the Holy Spirit emanating from us? Or is that a lost part of our theology, dormant somewhere in the back, up on a shelf that needs to be dusted when we finally find the time to get there? We all struggle with really believing that the Holy Spirit can use us to work miracles in the lives of those in need. 
We all know that the earliest Christians were filled with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. And we know that they healed the sick, gave sight to the blind, healed the crippled, and restored favor to the cursed. However, we do not believe that we are capable of doing the same ministry that the disciples did. That was then. This is now. Friends, let me put this as clearly as I can. Pentecost was not a one-day event. Pentecost was not a one-day event. Rather, it was the beginning of the end of the separation between God and humankind. Christ's death on the cross broke that barrier. And the Holy Spirit was actively working in Christ's followers for the glory of God and God's coming kingdom. Christ's death on the cross broke the barrier. Now God's Spirit is with us and within us. Should we open ourselves up to that? According to Scripture, all people start off unsure of the reality of God's presence and power. Sure, the Bible says that God did this or that to someone. But again, that was then. This is now. The disciples, no doubt, felt that way as they sat in the upper room. In fact, how do we know this? Let's look at where they were. They were not out in the streets preaching about the resurrection of Jesus. They were not out healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, casting out demons, and baptizing new believers. Instead, these disciples were in the same place they had been since the resurrection. Jesus had told them to go. He would meet them in Galilee. Yet they were still hiding in the upper room. They were still hiding from Caiaphas and the Jewish authorities, fearing that they would be arrested and crucified as followers of the one who dared call himself king. The disciples, walled up in their upper room, had witnessed many miracles and signs. They had seen Jesus crucified and they were at the empty tomb and saw, and saw there was no body. They saw that. And what's more, they, they had seen Jesus appear to them twice in the very upper room they were still hiding in. Yet there they were, still hiding this time however they were receptive to god's presence they were receptive to the holy spirit who rushed into them like wind into empty vessels the holy howling of voices filled the room with the languages of the world and each person present could understand what the disciples were saying in their own language what sort of miracle was this? 
I can only imagine the disciples asked that very question as they were amazed by this new power that surged through them. On top of their heads, the light of God could be seen dancing as if they were flames. These disciples, friends, these disciples went from those who were afraid of the fire to brands plucked from the refining fire of God, ready for ministry in this world. That day, less than 2,000 years ago, 3,000 people were brought to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. And the story didn't stop there. Let me ask this. Have you experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life? Have you felt the Spirit within you, guiding you? What were those moments if you had them, what were those moments like? Did you feel close to God in those moments? And if you haven't had such an experience, why do you think that is? Did you know you could have the Holy Spirit within you? Have you been open to God's will for your life? Now, there are may, many reasons why one might not feel the Holy Spirit. But that does not mean the Holy Spirit is not there, amen? How have we as a church community opened ourselves to the movement of the Holy Spirit? Have we prayed for the Holy Spirit to ignite a fire within us? To purify us from the trappings of this world? to pluck us as brands from the fire that are used for refining this world into the kingdom of God? When John Wesley was a child, he was trapped inside the parsonage while it was on fire one night. People did what they could to get up to the bedroom window on the second floor, and when John was finally snatched out, his mother Susanna said that he was like a brand plucked by the hand of God from the fire. Well, Wesley grew up to be a firebrand indeed. 
and because of his willingness to be open to the movements of the Holy Spirit, we have Methodism as a result. Are you willing to be open as Wesley was? Are you ready to be a firebrand spreading the gospel to a needy and broken world? Let us be challenged to open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this challenging message. We thank you for inspiring us, letting us know that you desire to have us serve you that it is your desire for us to partner with you in establishing your kingdom on earth. Help us, Lord, to remain steadfast to your mission and ministry in this world. We pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Amen.